This is a key to this revival. You know, the Lord is beginning to drop keys for this revival. And we have to learn how to use the keys. And singing in the spirit is a key to this revival. So at home, practice singing in the spirit. By that, I mean singing in tongues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's a key to this revival. And it's very unusual to see a whole church so anointed in this area and then coming to the mic and can't speak English but have to first sing in the spirit. You know what it is? It's, it's, it's praise to the Father. It's, it's praise to our God. It's a praise that we don't have words for, so we just have to sing in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will always honor Jesus and he will always honor Father God. Hallelujah. Wow, this is exciting. We're getting keys, church. We're getting keys to the revival. Do you know what that means? The door is being opened. Isn't that what keys are for? To open the windows of heaven, to open the doors of heaven. John said, and behold, a door open in heaven. And immediately I was in the spirit and one sat upon the throne. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This Holy Spirit is showing us the keys of the kingdom. They're ours. Hallelujah. I just want to tell you one more exciting thing that's happening in this area. And you're going to love this church because the coffee shop right opposite here has been bought by a pastor and his family and they're opening tomorrow and they came in here and they were just overwhelmed by what is happening and we went in there and we blessed their shop for them and so church Go in there and have coffee. Go in there and bless them. Go there. I don't know if they'll be open on a Sunday, so I don't know. Because they have their own church, but they have church in the afternoon. So they said they might open for a few hours. On, so if you're missing, I'm going to go look for you in the coffee shop, okay? The Lord is taking back the land. He is. He is taking this territory. Hallelujah. And I don't know if you've noticed, church, but this area is cleaning up. Whoa, it used to be a messy place. But you know, I see they're cleaning up. And it's, it's looking good. Hallelujah. So is anybody ready to give up worry forever? Anybody ready to give up anxiety forever and fear forever and depression forever? Are you ready, church? Because the Holy Spirit is going to challenge you today to give up worry, anxiety, fear, depression, and all of these, these things that actually are grieving the Spirit of God. 
we're going to give it up forever today. Amen. So I have uh, called uh, this message today, The Great Exchange. And Psalm 32 verse 8, I, I was reading this in the Passion Translation, and it's very beautiful. And it says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway of your life. This is a promise from God. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Have you ever watched a mother with her children? And you know, you can be at someone's house and then the children start bouncing around and mom just has to look. And they know exactly what it means. The Lord says, I will guide you with my eyes. That means we have to be looking at him. We're his children. And we're gonna, we have to be looking into his face to be guided. People say, I don't know the will of God. I, I can't find guidance. Well, you know, we must just look into his face. Not into each other's face. We need to look into his face. Hallelujah. I will guide you with my eyes. So don't make it difficult for the Lord, it says. Don't make it difficult and don't be stubborn. When I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Okay, church, God is begging us. He says, just come with me. So my conclusion is this. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, his wraparound love will surround you. Isn't that precious? So here's a word for, for, for someone today. God says, I will take you where you've not been before. Are you ready? Is he going to have to tug you? Is he going to have to push you and pull you? God says, I'm going to take you where you've not been before. So you can write your vision statement and I'll tell you what's going to happen. God's going to take it with great excitement and then he will do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you could dream or even imagine with your life. Are you ready, church? Are you ready for God to take you where you've never been before? Some of you may visit heaven. Have you been there before? Maria's taken it. Some of you may, may be used to, to, to minister in other, other countries. Some of you may be like Philip and just translated somewhere and brought back again. You're going to go where you've never been before. Church, we are going in this revival where we have never been before. Is anybody ready to be part of an end-time revival that is greater than we've ever seen before? Is anybody ready in this room to see Almighty God do miracles greater than what Moses did? Are we ready, church? Are we ready to say yes? Lord, you don't have to tug me and pull me. You don't have to beg me. I'm ready, Lord. Take me 
where I've never been before. I want to walk on water, Lord. I've never done that before. God, I want to be where I've never been before. Hallelujah. Are you ready, church? And God will use every one of us. And in fact, he often uses the most unlikely of us. And so he will take you where you've never been before. So are we ready to give up worry forever? Are we ready to exchange our worries and our anxieties and fears and depression for God's peace? If you study the origin of the word worry, you'll find that it means to strangle. And that's true, isn't it? When we worry and worry and worry, it strangles us. And worry will put its icy hand around your throat and begin to strangle you, and it will destroy your life. God cannot take you where you've never been before if you start worrying about that right now. We're going to give up worry forever because worry will strangle you. The definition of worry is to give way to anxiety or unease. It allows one, one's mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. It will shake up or pull about with the teeth, attack repeatedly. Worry is like a dog with a bone. Have, have you seen how a dog buries a bone and then it goes back? And then it takes that bone and it gnaws on it and it gnaws on it hour after hour after after hour. That's what worry is like. You just go over and over and over the same problem and you haven't changed anything except your own health. Worry will bring you into poor health. So, you know, keys make our lives easier. So we have keys for the house and we have keys for the car and, uh, you know, keys for the church. And if we have the key, it's so much easier to open a door, isn't it? But if I lose my, the key for my front door, I can't get into my house. We need keys. And God is busy downloading keys for us. You know, we have a safe upstairs, and I know we used to use it. And then, then we couldn't find the keys. And then the other day, Abe found two keys at home, and he says, you know, these look like the safe keys. I said, I know they do, but they don't work. We've tried. So he brought them along, and he tried, and he couldn't. He, said, he brought them back. He said, they don't work. They must be the wrong keys. But if you put the keys in the hands of the right person, the keys will work. So when Darren got hold of those keys, he said, I'll show you how to do it. You just go click, click, turn something, and the safe opened. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is downloading keys, and we've got to learn how to use them. And he will teach us. And so... It's very exciting what's happening in the kingdom of God these days. So I'm going to show, share with you four areas where it's like little foxes that are spoiling our, our lives, ruining the vines. And they're so acceptable in our lives. 
but they're not acceptable to Almighty God. They're not acceptable to the Holy Spirit. In fact, these four things are grieving the Holy Spirit of God, but they're so acceptable in society. And the first one is found in Matthew 6, 25, and it's Jesus speaking. I've got it in red. It's, it's Jesus speaking, and he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. The second one is found in Philippians 4, verse 6, and it says, Be anxious for nothing. An instruction from the Lord. The third one is Luke 12, 32, and it says, do not fear, little flock. The fourth one is Isaiah 61, verse 3, and it says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that's depression. And these things are grieving the Holy Spirit because they are instructions that are given to us and, and yet so acceptable in our world today. Worry and anxiety, fear and depression. They steal our peace, they steal our sleep, they steal our joy. We feel it's irresponsible not to worry. If I'm not worrying, I'm not, I'm not being responsible. We feel it's impossible not to have anxiety over certain things. This is just a normal thing. We feel that fear is a natural response. And we feel that depression is because of our circumstances. But there's a better way. And it's the great exchange that we're going to take today. So Matthew 6.25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If, if, if I want to grow taller and I worry and worry and worry and worry, I'll, I'll actually probably grow shorter because I'll, I'll, I'll probably lose weight or something. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If we will stop worrying, God will clothe us in the most amazing way. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You see, worry is little faith. If I find myself to be worrying, I'm of little faith. And that doesn't please the Holy Spirit because we know without faith, it is impossible to please God. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? After all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. 
For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God will give you the grace tomorrow to face tomorrow, and he'll give you the grace for today to face today. And there's a story about a young Christian, and it was in those days where they were taking Christians and burning them at the stake, and he was going to, uh, was, he was going to be burnt the next day. And so he, he, the day before, he, he took a candle, and he, he burnt his finger with the candle, and it was so sore. And he said to an older Christian, if a candle is so painful, how will I cope tomorrow? And the older Christian said, tomorrow you will have the grace to bear that pain, but not today. You get it, church? Stop worrying about tomorrow. Give up worry forever. In fact, why don't we all right now just repent of worrying? Father, Father, you see our hearts. We worry, but we repent because we grieve you, Holy Spirit. We are of little faith. Today, we're taking our faith back, Lord. We repent of worry. We're going to let worry go and let our faith grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you how, how to get rid of that worry. And, you know, the King James is the most accurate version they tell us the old king james but we've got more modern modern versions because it's easier to understand than thee and thou and hast and went and all of these things so king james version for matthew 6 25 says therefore i say to you take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink stop thinking about it all the time and when, you, when you're lying in bed and you start thinking about it like a dog with a bone, say, Lord, I repent. I, I'm taking what I need in faith, in Jesus' name. Take no thought. This is how you're going to overcome worry. And it may take you a few days to get into this because you're so used to worrying, 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 and so used to having it going over and over in your mind. But God says, take no thought. Verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 31, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? God will supply, supply our every need. Amen. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. Take no thought. So there you are, there's a big assignment for this week, and next week, and next week, and for the rest of your life. You're not going to worry about tomorrow anymore, because you're not even going to think about it. Now, that doesn't mean that we, we, we don't plan. The Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Instead of thinking about your problems, take a scripture and, and meditate, gnaw on that, begin to, begin to recite that, begin to recite the word of God, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Right here is, is the key to prosperity. Take, take, take the scriptures and learn them. Learn them so that you can you can quote them 
and think about them. And when you have a difficulty, the right scripture comes to your mind. And your faith comes by the word of God. Amen. So as you, as, you, as you have the right scripture and you start reciting the word of God, it brings faith into your heart. So exchange your worried thoughts for God's word and God's thoughts. Think about the word. So planning, planning is not worrying. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11, very well-known verse says, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. God has your whole life planned. The end from the beginning. He, he planned your life before ever you came to this earth. And there's a book in heaven with every day, Psalm 139, 16. Every day of your life is planned. And so when you get up in the morning, you say, Lord, uh, uh, please open my book and let me know what I'm supposed to be doing today. And he's promised he will lead you and guide you. And his plans may take you places where you've never been before. He might disrupt the plans that you had for your day because he's got it already in your book, already planned. So planning, planning is important. So we don't just say, well, I have to be out the house today, but I'm not going to think about it till tomorrow. See, that's not wisdom. But you can ask the Lord, to show you where to go and start to plan about where you're going to buy your brand new house. Yes? <laughs> I want every one of you, every one of you to own your own home. Amen. Own your own home. In Jesus' name. Oh, and a brand new car in the garage. Hallelujah. <laughs> Philippians 4 verse 6 is the next one. It says, be anxious for nothing. Now, it tells us here how to overcome anxiety. So simple. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You tell him what you need, and then you start to thank him for it. That's all you have to do. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So when you're anxious about something, you, you make your request and you thank God for it. I think I might have told you before how, how we had a car accident once. And the next day, I was putting the tablecloth on the breakfast table and I let out a big sigh because we didn't have a car. How am I going to get the kids to school? You know, we've got things to do. We've got appointments to keep. I put the cloth on the table like this. Oh, Jesus, help me today. Sounds like a good prayer, doesn't it? But there was somebody standing on my right, spoke. It sounded like it was audibly to me. I heard this voice speaking in my dining room saying, did God say, make your requests with sighing? Whoa, I'm thinking, Lord, is it that serious? <laughs> One little sigh. I remember laughing and I said, no, Lord. He said, make your requests 
with thanksgiving changed my life. Hallelujah. People started to knock on the door. Can I take you somewhere? Can I pick up your kids? You see, we make our requests with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say, finally, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just. So it may be true, but if it's not noble and pure, don't think about it. You may get a report and it's true. But if it's not noble and it's not lovely and it's not pure and it's not good, throw it out. Don't meditate on it. And go and tell everybody about, did you hear what happened lately? Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Can you hear what the Holy Spirit is teaching us? We need to change our minds, our thoughts. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to wash our minds with his word. We've got to change our thinking. And we can do it with the power of the Holy Spirit as we begin to become obedient to his word. If we don't change these things, these things that cause mental illness will never fulfill the great plans that God has for our lives. I want you to start to determine right now in your seat that I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to change the way I speak. I'm not going to just repeat everything that I hear. If it's a bad report, I'm not going to repeat it. I'm going to just throw it out of my mind. Number three, Luke 12, 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his pleasure. Hallelujah. The kingdom, righteousness, and peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's his pleasure to give you these things. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And then all these things like the house and the car and the finance and the husband and the wife and the children, they, they all follow. They follow the things of the kingdom. They follow righteousness. Righteousness is not worrying anymore. It grieves the Holy Spirit. It's lack of faith. Anxiety is asking incorrectly because we're not asking with faith and thanksgiving. Fear is opposite to faith. Opposite to faith. Throw it out in Jesus' name. And then let's have a look at depression. Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. Why don't you learn Isaiah 61 and begin your day with this? 
Father, I thank you the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I thank you, Father, for the seven spirits of God that are upon my life. The spirit of wisdom, I welcome you. The spirit of understanding, I welcome you. Spirit of counsel, I need you today, I welcome you. Spirit of might, I welcome you. Spirit of knowledge, come upon my life today. And spirit of the fear of the Lord, I welcome you. That is the one we are going to see in this next revival, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Where we find ourselves, if we're in disobedience or lack of faith, we're going to repent. I am not, I am not going to grieve you, Holy Spirit, by worrying having anxiety and fear and this scripture goes on with this amazing exchange that God offers us in verse 3 to console those who mourn to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You see, when you feel a depression coming on you, if you will put the music on and begin to praise and worship, it says here, you will become a tree of righteousness, a tree with fruit on it, a tree that is strong in the Lord, a tree that will grow by rivers. You will be planted in God. It's the fruit of righteousness. How do you get it? Put on the garment of praise. We have to wear praise whether I feel like it or whether I don't feel like it. I must wear praise. I told you the story of how, because I came from, from Africa and was brought up in the bush, it's very hot there, how, how when I came to England, I went to the shops with no shoes on because I didn't wear shoes in Africa when I was a little, little child. And when my mom said, oh, Lily, did you go out like that? I said, what's wrong, mom? I, I've got my hat on, got my scarf, I've got my coat. What's wrong? She says, oh, Lily, you don't have your shoes on. In England, you wear your shoes whether you want to wear your shoes or whether you don't want to wear your shoes. You wear your shoes to the shops because what will the neighbors say? In the spirit realm, you wear your garments of praise, whether you feel like it or whether you don't feel like it. You wear your garments of praise and notice what it says. It says that put on the garment of praise. It's the great exchange. Put on heaven, put on praise, <laughs> a heavy praise, <laughs> and depression will leave you. You see, if somebody comes to me for counseling and says, oh, Pastor Lily, I'm so depressed, I know immediately, you didn't get dressed this morning. You didn't put your praise on yesterday and the day before and three years ago and all, all this time you've been depressed. And therefore you haven't grown into a tree of righteousness. Trees of righteousness, the psalm tells us, they get planted by the river. 
The water constantly flows. Rivers of living water coming out of our innermost being because I'm planted in the Lord and he plants me by a river. And I bear fruit and I become strong. Hallelujah. This is the great exchange that must take place in our lives. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And if we refuse to walk in it, we will be powerless. I don't know about you, church, but I want the power of God on my life. Amen. I want the power of God to be manifested, to change this world, to change Bradford, to change West Yorkshire, to change England, to change wherever God desires to send us. We need the power of God. And until we obey this, we're not going to see it because we grieve the Holy Spirit. It's time to accept the great exchange. So refuse to be anxious anymore. Give your burdens and cares to the Lord in prayer. Make your requests in faith, then meditate on the good things. Most of the bad things that we worry about never happen. Isn't that true? It's a waste of time, so we must spend our time learning the scriptures. Now, you know, we have to be like this lady who was learning Psalm 91. And Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He shall cover me with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. And so what happened was she was walking home, and she got attacked and she was trying to remember the scripture, and she couldn't remember it, so she just said, feathers, feathers, feathers. The man just ran for his life. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Refuse to worry anymore. Your life is going to change from this day on. Hallelujah. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hallelujah. We're going to exchange our depression for garments of praise. So are we ready to go? today where we've never been before. I'll tell you a, a brief testimony that changed my life because I, I'm very much a person that um, I, I do books uh, and, and so the one side of the page must balance the other, not one cent missing. And that's, that's how I think. Everything must make sense and everything must balance. So Sometimes I would have a thought like, get up, get up early and get dressed. Now, I get up very early in the morning, but I don't get dressed. Sometimes Abe and I get up really early, and then by 9 o'clock, we're still not dressed. We've been praying, we've been reading, we're chatting. And so I'll get this thought, get dressed. And then I say, no, I'm not going to get dressed. Now, I argue with myself because I'm not sure what's me and what's God. So I'm not going to get dressed because if I get dressed, I'm going to wake up everybody in the house. 
So I'm not going to get dressed. So don't get dressed. And then half an hour later, there's a knock on the door. Somebody needing urgent help. And I'm still in my pajamas. Oh, that must have been God. Or I'd be driving along and, and I'd, I'd just get this thought. Don't use the highway today. Go on the back roads. And I would argue with myself. I, I'm not going to go on the back roads. I don't like using back roads. I'm a highway girl. I like using the highway. And then you go on the highway and you get stuck behind an accident and you're an hour late for your appointment. You think, ah, oh, that must have been God. And then one day I read a scripture that absolutely changed my, my life because I decided it's God's word and it's true. You want to know what it was or shall I tell you next week? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2.16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Who has known the mind of the Lord? I thought this is exactly my problem, God. I need to know which, what, whether it's you or whether it's me. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That day, I sat before the Lord and I said, Today, I believe your word. I have the mind of Christ. Now, I, I know when it's the devil. And if you know the word of God at all, you know when it's the devil, he's, he's negative, he tells lies, he makes you fearful, he, he stops you from doing God's work. You know when it's the devil. Don't pay the devil much attention. He's under your feet. But the problem is, is it me or is it God? And that day I decided I have the mind of Christ. So unless it's very contrary to the word or it's going to hurt somebody, I am going to go with every thought that I have. And, you know, it really works for me. You know, last night I, I was trying to get two of my, it was my, my printer and my computer and my phone, all to, to match up so that one little blue light would come on and everybody would be happy. And it just wouldn't work. I'm saying to Abe, I'm, I wish I just knew more, you know. But you see, the Holy Spirit knows everything. Because suddenly, I had this thought. I wonder if my Bluetooth is on. <laughs> and I think, well, what's, got, what's that got to do with anything? I'll check. It's on. All right, I'll switch it off. Didn't work. I wonder if my Bluetooth is on on my phone for some reason. I'll check. It was on. Switched it off. Ha! Huh. My printer light went blue. <laughs> I don't know what the connection was. I don't understand any of that. I just know I have the mind of Christ. And if I'll follow it, he'll teach me everything I need to know and take me places where I need to go. I don't even need to be afraid. I can go in the power of the Holy Spirit and know he will tell me what to say. He will tell me where to go. He will, if he sends you, he equips you, church. You don't need to be afraid. When he sends you, he equips you. Hallelujah.
We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Church, would you raise your hands? The presence of the Lord is here. We bless you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we want to honor you. Father, forgive us that we would ever dishonor you or spend a day in worry, anxiety, fear, depression, or any, any, any such things. Father, I pray today for everybody under the sound of my voice, if they have been labeled as mentally, what, what do they call it here? Men mentally challenged or and really what they mean is depression anxiety not mentally challenged at all you're perfectly perfectly mentally fine one and one make two all the time if that is you and you have a label like that over your life i really felt that the holy spirit said today's your day to be healed Amen. take that label off in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Anybody with a label of any kind of illness, I take it off you in the name of Jesus, the most powerful name in heaven and earth. Any label that you've been diagnosed with in Jesus' name, I am tearing that label off you right now in Jesus' name. And I declare you are well, you are whole, you are healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you exchange your anxiety about your health right now? Make your request with thanksgiving. And say, thank you, Father. Heal me now. And I thank you. I take it now. I take it now. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless the Lord. We bless the Lord. We bless the Lord. We bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We never like to close a service without giving opportunity for anybody who does not know Jesus to come to him. So I am going to pray a prayer, and I want every one of you to pray this prayer after me and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, I repent today of my sin. Would you wash me in your blood? And from today on, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and I will serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus name amen hallelujah now if you said that prayer for the first time or if you came back to Jesus today and you said that prayer I want you to tell somebody before the end of the day come and see me tell somebody here or tell somebody that I, I, I gave my life to Jesus again today, or I gave my life to Jesus for the first time. Tell somebody, you know why? 
because that makes it so real in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we put that last song on, please? Church, would you stand with me?